Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just before you sit down, just start speaking to God and just say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have been doing in my life. Just thank him because we have, we have moved from January to November. The Lord has been, has been with us. I don't know what God has done in your life, but just give him thanks. We're having a Thanksgiving dinner, and we're here today. Let's thank the Lord for his mercies. Let's thank him for his mercies I knew every morning. Let's thank you for the greater heights that we have gone. Let's thank you for the year of harvest and how the Lord has helped us. Let's thank him for the good health we have enjoyed. None of us has had to do any hospital runs here, but Lord, we say thank you, Father Lord. Lord, we thank you for the jobs that we have. For you to be in this land, you must have found something to do with your hands. Let's thank the Lord for preserving our jobs. Let's thank you for freedom of worship. Let's thank you for the peace of this land. We have enjoyed peace in this land. Regardless of the torments around here, the Lord has given us peace. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We thank you for the unity of purpose in this church. The Lord, the Lord has kept us together as one to serve him and to worship him. Let's give him thanks. Let's give him thanks. Let's thank him, give him thanks for our children. Our children are doing exploits in their academics, in their social life. The Lord has been with them. The Lord has guided them. Lord, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you. We thank you for the teachings that have come in this place. The altar has not been dry. Rema has been shared from this altar. And in all our meetings, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we say thank you. We thank you, Father Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Before you sit down, just say, Lord, speak to me today. As I've come to your presence, Father Lord, speak to me today. Lord, may I look up to the cross. May I look up to you, Father Lord. Whatever you have in store for me, Lord, may I not miss it today, Father Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to everybody that has come here. That as we have come here, Father Lord, we won't go out empty. We won't go out empty, Father. Lord, the word they have meant for each person, Father Lord. Lord, I pray that each person will receive it, Father. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Before you sit down, I would like you to shake two excellent men. Two excellent men. Shake them. It's their day, so you have to give them a handshake and tell them, welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome to church, Pastor. You may have your seats. You may have your seats. So ladies, beware. If you see another lady shaking you, just beware. Don't accept the handshake. Hallelujah. You know one thing that our God says, even before we cry out, he hears us. Before we cry out, he hears us. I think Bishop Sam was saying that uh, he hopes to get 15 numbers for the outreach. Well, I'm happy to say the 15 numbers have been reached already. So if you haven't registered your name, it's over. I think Brother Francis already has the 15 names already for the, for the uh, carol service. Praise the Lord. But uh, I don't know. Just pray for mercy. Maybe pastor will have a rethink. I add one or two names. But uh, it's not within my pay grade. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Excellent and wonderful presentation. Thank you so much. The ushers are looking smart with their bow ties and uh, blue. And I was like, wow, this is looking good. And I saw the choir. I think the men baffled me. I, if I'm going to be biased, I say they did better than the women. <laughs> and uh, when everybody else came together, I mean, there was a mass choir. I think, uh, Brother Sam, next year, the whole choir should be a mass choir. I think everybody that sang a special number should be able to sing. And don't be afraid. 
we'll put Brother Matthew in front, the people that have the good voices. Those of us that have poor voices, we can, we can stand at the back and uh, we'll join. It has been wonderful, and I know this evening will be, will be glorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And now, I was asked to share with today, and I, it's one of those days that you're wondering, what am I going to share? And it took a while for me to, for God to speak to me and tell me what I should share with people today and uh, be men's day, you know. And uh, I struggled with it a bit, but then God said, this is what he wants me to share with the household of God. And I've titled my message, okay? I've titled my message, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? You can translate it and say, man, where are you? Praise the Lord. Because Adam means man, isn't it? So today I'm not talking about men, man, but women, you're not exempted. Okay? So the question is, where are you? And our text is taken from Jeremiah 23, 24. And this is what it says. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him? Says the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth? Says the Lord. Hallelujah. One thing I like about God, he converses. He asks you questions. And he expects a response. So if I'm able to ask that question, can anyone hide himself in secret places? God is asking you, shall I not see him? What will the answer be? No. He sees us. Isn't it? Oh, is there anybody that believes that God does not see him? Because I know that God is all seen. So he has asked us a question and was able, so supposed to be able to answer. Do I not feel the heavens and the earth? Says the Lord. And we'll say, yes, you feel the heavens and the earth. So that means he sees us. Now, if he sees us, it takes me to my next question. Why do men hide? Why do men hide? If God sees you, why do men hide? That's the question I'm, I'm, I'm asking now. And let's come back, and there are a couple of things I will talk about. The reason why men hide. I can literally be men as a man himself. It can be women. Why you hide? And number one is sin. That's the first reason why men hide. Praise the Lord. If you go to Genesis 3.9, if you can remember what happened to Adam. Adam sinned. He ate of the fruit that was given to him by Eve. And he knew he was naked. And he covered himself. On normal days, he'll be walking the garden and he'll be talking with God. And God called out to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? But because of the sin that Adam had committed, he knew he was naked. And because of the sin, he tried to hide himself. Praise the Lord. And that has lived with man since that time. That has lived with man since that time. Because of that sin that Adam committed, whenever we commit sin, we tend to hide. I'll give something offshoot. Maybe we'll, see, we'll find out the nature. My last little one, we didn't need much before we potty trained him. Because from an early stage, when he started walking, if he wanted to use the bathroom, he'll go and hide himself in a curtain. Or he'll go and hide himself in a, in a store because he wanted to poo-poo. Praise the Lord. He already knew that it was something to go and hide and do. 
Even right now, he is. If he goes to the bathroom, he says, close the door. As little as he is. So that has been our inherent natures. That once we sin, we want to hide. Praise the Lord. And you want to cover up. Isn't it? Now, Adam was too busy attending to the garden. God has given you a vast land. God has given you a, a, a big office with people under you. You're attending to the garden. Isn't it? You're attending to your work. You're attending to your, your family. You're so busy. But he missed it on one part. He missed the spiritual aspect. He didn't keep his eyeball on the spiritual aspect between the serpent and his wife. Now, when, when he gave him the apple, he seemed with his eyes open. Isn't it? An ultimate responsibility laid with Adam. When God came, he didn't ask Eve, where are you? He asked Adam, where are you? Because he knew what he, he trusted to Adam. Hallelujah. But still, Adam refused to take responsibility. He blamed on Eve. Isn't it? It's Eve that did this. Then after blame on Eve, who did he blame? He blamed God. The woman he gave to me. Now, how many times because of our sin, we blame others? Isn't it? Whatever happens in the office, is my boss, is this, is that. How many times do we refuse to take responsibility? And now, because of those sins, we don't want to come to the public. We don't want to come to the house of God. You don't want to serve in the house of God. You're hiding in your own shell because of the life you're living. Sometimes you're enjoying that life, isn't it? You're enjoying that sin that you're into. Praise the Lord. People in the world, they'll tell you, oh, they're enjoying their clubbing. They're enjoying their alcohol. And because of that, if someone calls them to come and lead prayers or to come and worship God, they'll, they'll want to hide because they know that's the second life they're living. Because they're enjoying it. And that was the first thing. That was the first thing I said. Because of our sin. That's why we hide. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two. Fear and fatigue. Fear and fatigue. Genuinely, you can be afraid to come out. And that's why you hide. Let's go to our Bibles to to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 19. Let me try and get that. Or if you have the 1 Kings 19, chapter, verse 1, if you have the... Okay, 1 Kings 19. 19, verse 1, I'll read. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Praise the Lord. Now this is the almighty Elijah, one of the biggest prophets. And one woman said, I'll kill you the way you have done to my prophets, I'll kill you. And he ran. Now, genuinely, men fear a lot. Certain things, they fear. They have a family, they want to take a step. What happens to my family? It's genuine. Even the household of God, 
if I go and take that step, what is going to happen to me? And this was Elijah. Elijah that had done some miracles. God has proven himself, yet he was afraid. Praise the Lord. So it's not, I'm not saying it's wrong to, not to be afraid. It's part of our inherent nature. But that's one of the reasons why men hide. Because of fear. Because of fear. You have asked to join the department, the church, or how am I going to function? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? No, 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 no. I'm afraid. I don't want to. Oh, you're a missionary in the field. The government says we shouldn't do this. We live in a society, of course, close society, preaching to others. It's a year of harvest. But how many of us have taken the step out to preach to someone that's an unbeliever? But because you're afraid of the laws of the land, you tend to hide. Don't even tend to say you're a Christian. They can talk about their faith with you, but you're afraid to talk about your faith. Oh, what will happen to me? I'll get caught, I'll get deported. So be it. Our God is watching, isn't it? Praise the Lord. That's the second reason why we're And then you find that he was also fatigued. In verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah was tired. He was angry. Elijah was depressed. Suicidal. He wanted to die. Isn't it? And to a certain extent, I would say Elijah had his tantrum. Isn't it? Men, sometimes we have our tantrums. Praise the Lord. I can't get my wife agreeing. Men have their own tantrums, especially when it comes to money. You know, when the demand is greater than the availability, they go over the roof, isn't it? But this was Elijah doing God's work. And he had a tantrum there. He just said, I'm tired. I'm tired. I've got enough. He was angry. You're fatigued. You have gone out. God has said it's a year of harvest. You go out. You have no one, one soul. You're tired. Lord, I've preached, I've prayed hard in this situation. Nothing has happened. You're fatigued. You have a child that is very, very stubborn. And you pray and pray and pray. And you don't seem to see results. You get fatigued, isn't it? You try several interviews. Jobs. I apply here, I apply there, I apply there. Nothing seems to come out. You're fatigued. You're tired. And they tend to go and hide. Isn't that what Elijah did? He just become a recluse. I've been going to this church. What has happened? I'm having these health challenges. I won't be going to church anymore. I've seen people having that defeatist attitude. And don't forget, it was because of this, Elijah had a successor in Elijah. Isn't it? And that's where God meant him. And he went into a cave and spent the night in a place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? That was the angel, the first one that spoke to him. And in verse 13, and so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face and in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The angel asked him the first question. God asked him the second time. That was his wrong place of assignment. Are you in your wrong place of assignment? Has God asked you to do something? 
and you're not there, and you're hiding. God speaks to us explicitly. If you're born again and you sit down and you seek the face of God earnestly, he will speak to you. But are you in your wrong place of assignment? Are you even in the right location? As if you ask him, are you meant to be a muscat? Are you resisting leaving muscat? Even while you're muscat, are you doing what you're meant to do? And that was a question God asked Elijah. Okay? He was fatigued. He went to hide. But one thing also is God deals with us in a, in a different way. It was in chapter 17, verse 2 to 3. Then the, Lord of the, the word of the Lord came to him and saying, Get away from here and turn eastwards and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you. God commanded a drought. And then Elijah, God asked him to go and hide. So there are times that God would ask you to go and hide. Or God would ask you to go and refreshing yourself. I won't look at it as a, as a way of hiding. Refreshing yourself. During the drought, he took Elijah from there. One that kept him, where he fed him and he nourished him. Some of us, your time here is God is feeding and nourishing you. Either by discipleship training, working in a ministry, you have a great assignment. It's a short period in your life. A lot of people have left this year. But I know the reason why they are left. Because God has nourished them. He has kept them here and he has moved them to a certain purpose. I can remember, but one, thing, one of the things is also listening to the word of God. You have to be close with God. When I first came to Muscat, I didn't have an idea of coming to Muscat. It was even trial and error. Let me just try, see, throw out my CV and see what it, what it comes out. And the first place I got was a job here. And I said, no, can't, can't be serious. And I had no reason to leave. I was embedded in my church. I was enjoying my work. I was traveling a lot. I, had, I mean, I, I didn't have any reason to leave. But God kept saying, you should leave. I need a double assurance. I met my pastor. Let's, we discussed, we prayed and fast. And my pastor came back and said, if you stay, you'll do well. If you go, you'll go, do well. But listen to your heart. But God told me, leave and go. And I left. And after I left, that's when the downturn came. And Aberdeen was one of the worst hit places. Jobs were lost. People lost their houses. People moved their kids from private schools. And when I went back, people were asking me, how did you know when to leave? I said, I didn't know. All I did was to listen to God and to move. At that time, Elijah did that, but he could not know the second time, the second point, why, why he was hiding the second time. So you need to listen to God. Only God knows everything. He sees what we cannot, isn't it? He knows what the future holds. He knows what is best for us. So for that, we must abide and walk with him. Sit with him daily to know his perfect will and to be used by him. So I've spoken about the first one, sin. Fear and fatigue. Now the third one, why do men hide? Pride. Praise the Lord. Pride. And there's one typical example of that. That's Jonah, isn't it? Jonah went the opposite direction to what God told him. You know? And when he went the opposite direction, and then after he went, he was even corrected where he came back to, came back to it. He was angry that why should God be a merciful God? 
And when I read that thing, when I read that statement from Jonah, I found that Jonah was upset because his words fell to the ground. Because he was prophesying doom. Imagine you coming out and say authoritatively something like this happens and then it's like God pulling the rug under your feet. So where was he going to stand? His pride, his ego was hurt. And you find out Jonah was in the wrong place, wasn't it? But one thing about God is God knows where you are. I might not call you out until you cry for him. If you go to that, the book of Jonah, chapter 1, 2, you find out that what happened when Jonah was swallowed by that fish, ah, you need to see Jonah's beautiful prayer. Very long prayer. Pleading with God. Are you in that situation today? You're in the wrong place. And you're pleading with God. He knows where you are. But he needs you to change your character. Change your mind. Am I speaking to someone today? Unless you don't change that, there's no way God will take you out of that situation. Until when Jonah realized what he did was wrong, that's when God decided to answer him. Now Jonah 1.17 says, Now the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Then in, verse two, in chapter 2 verse 10 it said, So the Lord spoke to the fish, and he vomited Jonah onto dry land. God spoke to the fish, but God had to be satisfied that Jonah was going to do what he asked him to do. Isn't it? That's when the fish threw him out. Otherwise, it would not be three days and three nights. It could have been 40 days, 40 nights. It can be five years. I believe five years, God could have kept him there for five years. But he was satisfied after that long Jonah's epistle. He was satisfied, okay, my son has learned his lesson. Now, one of the things we also find out is coming down to us. And one of the tantrums coming down to us is it's no longer fashionable to be a Christian in this modern day world as men. Men are too proud. They want to be their own God. They want to be able to solve their own problems. And one thing also I also find out is most men don't want to subject themselves to constituted authority. Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a natural thing that is imbibed in that, in, in man. We don't want to admit our weaknesses. Oh, why should I go and pray to God? That means I'm not sufficient. I cannot solve my problems. Someone asked, uh, said, uh, why Nigerians so prayerful? And you go and see the people in the West are not that prayerful. Well, the West has a social system. If you fall, it will catch you. In Nigeria, uh, your, only, <laughs> your only safety net is God. So you have to pray hard, isn't it? You have to pray hard. Because that's the, that's the last hope you have. Who's the man of God in your church, in your household? Sometimes people look at it, pride. But I'm very old. I'm senior, why should I go and start this? I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. Why should I get involved in ministry? Not forgetting Moses started at 80, isn't it? At the same time, people start at a younger age. Jesus Christ started at 30. So it's not by age. It's not by age, isn't it? It's not by seniority. 
You go to a department, oh, this guy's a young guy. When did he become a Christian? Why am I supposed to answer him in the department or in my ministry? But you forget the fact that it's God that has put him there. And that's the reason why some of us men stay back. Or is it also lack of exposure? You feel the pastor or whoever it is is not as exposed as I am. He's not as educated as I am. But look at the disciples. They were mere fishermen. But God used them to raise the church. Isn't it? So why should I look down on somebody? One of the best pastors that I, I was ministered under, I don't know where he is now, but uh, then I was at finished school. I was in Nigeria. I was in a, it's called the New Covenant Baptist Church. I remember about so I can't remember, I think that was his name. And his education was not advanced. His English was not smooth. But I can't remember the time that I went to church that I didn't get a word in my life. I went to church and he would drop a word at the right time for me. Sometimes I had to try and get the interpretation, but there was a right word for me. And I was so blessed for that one year. A couple of years, sorry, it's a couple of years that I was in Lagos at that time. It was not by might, it was not by Rasmataz. It was by the word of God. So who has God placed you under? Spiritually. Or secularly. Now we know there's a lot of issue of humanization. Let me go back to that humanization. What happens in humanization? They remove an expert, they bring a Omani, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And most times, the Omani that they bring is younger than you, not as experienced as you. And when he gets there, don't you call him boss? You call him boss, isn't it? Because you don't call him boss, you're out. So why is he different in the household of God? Why is he different? You feel he's not as experienced as I am? He's not as educated as I am? That's the pride that comes into. Pride is allowed in the house of God, but it's not in the outside world. So draw the analogy. Wherever God calls you to, to serve, under whoever, you listen to his voice and you go there. There's no need to hide. There's no need to hide. And I know that is the major reason why you don't have people serving in the church the way they're meant to serve. I was a Christian five years ago or two years ago. I've been a Christian for 20 years. Isn't it? (laughs) You're making a comparison. But you don't know what God tells me every day. I've been there for 20 years, but he has been there for five years. That's where your blessing is. So men, and I mean women also, don't lose of the blessing of God because of pride. Praise the Lord. Am I speaking to somebody? Number four. Distractions and care of the world. Distractions and care of the world. That's another reason why men hide. I'm so busy. I'm so, so, so busy, so, so, so busy. When we were in university, we had, we had unionism and we had a classmate that was always going to one activity or the other. And they used to call them functions. 
I ended up calling him Function. His name became Function because he was ever, everywhere attending one function or the other. Now, God told Adam to tend to the garden. Adam was doing a good job at it. Okay? God has entrusted so many things to you in your family. Your family, your secular work. And you're so busy in it that it becomes a distraction. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know I'm talking to men here. You're trying to put food on the table for your family. You're trying to make sure they go to good schools. You're trying to make sure they go overseas. But then you don't have time for God in your own personal work and also in the corporate work of the church. It becomes a distraction. You know our children can become a distraction. Praise the Lord. Our children can become a distraction from serving God. Our wives can become a distraction. Care of the world. I'll give you an example. Samson was such a man. He was attracted to women more than the assignment God had for him, isn't it? And if you notice something about Samson, when Samson was given birth to, there were certain criteria they told the mom not to do. There were certain things they told the mom she must not do. In Genesis 13, 14, it says, She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Okay? So the mom stayed away from all these things. And you have expected that to have passed to Samson. But Samson enjoyed a good life. Someone tells you, I'm not sure, I'm not a medical doctor, but someone says, like, whatever a woman takes when she's, uh, she's pregnant, there's a chance that the child will have a craving for that. I can remember my sister, she loved Coke. When she gave birth to her son, my nephew, he loved Coke. And we had to, <laughs> we had to stop him. But I don't know whether that is uh, medically correct or what, I don't know, but that's it. But you find that Samson, the things that they told his mom not to do, that's what he went to do. And that was his downfall. He enjoyed the good life. The Philistine women. And that finally he was able, he was disabled, let me put it that way. Because he took out his eyes, he could not see. He was captured. His strength was taken away. And likewise, men like a good time, don't you? Men, don't you like a good time? Yes. And what are the good times we're talking about? Football, yeah? Football, yeah? Football is one of the things that keeps us away from church. It keeps us away from so many things. Some of us, we can tell you all the statistics about football. From A to Z. I support a team, of course. Even though it might be contentious. I'll say the only team in the Premier League, Manchester United. Oh, you can see some people already beginning to... Uh, so you see, football is exciting. But how much attention do you pay to it than the things of, the God, of God? You don't observe your quiet time. You don't observe fellowship. You don't observe church because of football. Some people can die for football. Sisters, am I correct? Am I correct? Uh-huh. Another thing is politics. 
discussing politics. I love politics. And you see some people, they can go down and almost fight themselves because of politics. I can remember 2015 when there was an election between Buhari and uh, Jonathan. Oh, no, if you need to see some WhatsApp groups, you, you just have to take yourself in. People were ready to kill themselves because of politics. Things you cannot change. And I'm sure it's like that in India. You have different people. You have houses that are divided because of politics. That draws us away from our first calling of God. And there are other vices in the world. Some legitimate, some illegitimate. The first one I told you, taking care of your family, yes, it can take you out of it. I can give you a personal example. One of the reasons why God brought me here was for me to have more time for my family. When I was a Virgin, I was, I was literally, I mean, virtually living in a plane. I was always flying. First thing my son came on, he said, oh, daddy, I'm so happy we're here. Now I get to see you. Those are legitimate things. But if she didn't take the place of God in our lives, that should not be a reason why we should hide. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number five. Which is genuine? Lack of confidence, isn't it? Why do men hide? Lack of confidence. Go to, to Moses. Classic example. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2, 4. See the questions Moses asks. He said, who am I? If I go and speak to the people, what is his name? What shall I say to them? That's when God said the famous thing, I am who I am. Isn't it? He didn't stop there. Suppose they don't believe me. I am not eloquent. Anybody that's asked been served in the household of God or go somewhere, those are the first excuses you give, isn't it? Those are the first excuses you give. Who am I? Suppose they don't believe me. I'm not eloquent. What is his name? Hey, brother, come and read players. Oh, I don't know how to pray. Those are the kind of Moses' excuse we have because lack of confidence. But you saw the journey of where God took Moses. From that point, Moses became one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. In fact, I even consider him to be the greatest leader in the Bible. Because for you to move such a mass of people from one country to the other, you must be a great leader. I don't even think them Adolf Hitler and the rest even reached any close to where Moses was. Those are the excuses we give. Lack of confidence, but... If God has called you, he'll be able to sustain you. Gideon, Judges 6.15. So he said to me, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. He already had a defeatist attitude. What has God called you to do? Or what vision has he laid in your heart that you feel that I'm the smallest, I'm the weakest? Even in our office, I've seen brethren, they're asked to be promoted, and I say, ah, no, 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 I cannot do this. I'm just happy where I am. Yes, yes, it's not only in church. Even the workplace, you're given added responsibility. No, 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 I'm just happy where I am. 
Can you identify with that? Can you identify with that? God has given you a big vision. And you just say, I'm small. You have reduced yourself to being small. Lack of confidence. Another one was who? Barack, isn't it? Can you remember Barack? Not Barack Obama, yeah? The Barack in the Bible. I remind you with uh, Deborah. And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Caesarea into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is where I need you, sisters. What has God called your husband to? that you have not decided to go with him. What ministry has your God called you to do, your husband? You have decided not to go with him. He might like confidence. What has he discussed that God is calling him to do? You have not supported him. Thank God, brother. Sam talked of Eli Ulaisik D, 530. If that man is dozing in your house, please, I give you the right. Nudge him. Tell him, stand up and go and pray. That's the support base that's required. Iron is sharpens iron. Women, you too have a role. If your man is hiding, you have a role. There's a destiny that God has called man to do. Each person here. And you have to wake up with that. Barak said, I can't go, I can't go. I'll go if you'll go with me. Deborah could have said, okay, forget it. If you're not minding off, I'm not going with you. Stay there. But Deborah stood up and she went with him. Of course, the condition that God gave us, jail was the one that kills his hair at the end of the day, isn't it? Victory will fall into the hands of a woman. She'll be the reason why they had victory. Praise the Lord. So a summary of why men hide. One, sin. Two, fear and fatigue. Three, pride. Four, distractions and carefree of the, uh, care of the world. Five, lack of confidence. That summarizes most reason why we hide as men. So my question to you is, where do you fit in that? Where do you fit in that? Are you sinning? Are you fearful? Are you fatigued? Fatigued people that are already in ministry, they're fatigued? Or pride, destruction, or care of the world? So my next question is, where should you be? Where should you be? I've asked you, why do men hide? Now, now where should you be? Number one, taking possession. Taking possession. Genesis 1, 28 to 29. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I've given you every herb 
that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth. In which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed was very good. Saw everything that he had made and was good. But then he said, man, you need to take dominion over that. The main reason why we have problems in the world, we have problems in the church, is because men are hiding. And when men hide, rascals take over, isn't it? Go to any government you have. Go to any problem in the home. A man is not taking his position of dominion. But God said he saw everything he had done and it was good. So for it to have been good, that means he really wanted you to take dominion, to take charge. You get to the office and somebody is constantly disturbing you. I had something like that two weeks ago. I took a day off and this person was calling me on the phone, a project engineer, sent an email, very, very terrible email. At first I was very, very upset. I just... I blocked his number. Well, it's my private number. It's not office number. I blocked his number. You know? And I came back. I said, who is this man to, to disturb my life? I just took it to God. I said, no. I said, God, deal with this person. I just did it. You know? I just didn't bother anything. I came back to the office. And then he had gone for Diwali one week. And he had gone. So the issue that he called me, what the issue was, my boss said, you might know what is it? I said, this is this. I said, okay, no problem. The people that he was supporting, he was supporting. They called me and I said, no, this is my stand. And I left it. Solved. Problem solved. So even your working place, you need to take your position. If they tell you to do something wrong, I say, no, I don't believe in this. This and this. I mean, I can remember the testimony, was it the Pastor Shane gave here one time. You go for an interview. You went for a visa interview. I said, you're not permitted to ask me any questions that I do not have the answer. Isn't it? That's taking charge of your position. That's taking charge of your destiny. That time we're having a, we're having a prayer meeting, and I think it was Brother DJ that mentioned something. He said, any health challenge that came up in the New Testament, God did not say, God, please heal this person. He took charge and said, I cast you out or I bind you or leave. He took charge of the situation. So as men, we don't hide. We take possession. Takes possession of the spiritual. Takes possession of the secular. The secular. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two, where should men be? Doing his business. Doing his business. Genesis eighteen nineteen says, "For I have known him." in order that he might command his children and his household after me, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. That was, that was a referral of God on Abraham. I know him to keep up the way of the Lord and to do righteousness and justice. We need to be doing God's business. God has entrusted to us men, our homes, 
to command our household. And so homes is the women that are taking charge. Spiritually, it's the women. I don't even want to go to the secular. Sometimes it's the women that are taking charge. But God has asked us as men to take charge of that. To do righteousness and justice. To command his children and his household after him. Sometimes the children will lead them into the hands of the mothers. Handle it. But there's no better spiritual upbringing for a child than from his father. Mom might take care of everything. But they will look at their father and they will take from what the father has shown them. If the father is not found in the household of God, he will not be found in the household of God. I'm, I'm almost certain about it. So you have to command your children. He wasn't talking about Sarah. He was talking about Abraham. That was the charge. And God gave a perfect example for us in Luke 22, 49. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. At the age of 12, or thereabouts, he was found in the temple. I must be about my father's business. It's not Bawan's business. It's not Zawawi's business. It's not PDO business. Tebodin's business. My father's business. If Jesus can give us that example, then man, what are you hiding out there? What are you doing for your father? What business are you doing for your father in his house? Praise the Lord. Those are hard questions I'm asking. It's men's day, so we're going to have to be, we have to ask deep questions. Isn't it? Now, it gladdens my heart when they ask men to come out. I, I think I saw all men on the stage. And I was very, very, very happy. All men came out to, to sing. It wasn't planned too well, but everybody came out. Apart from the person that was on the console there, everybody here was singing. And I thank God for this church. Men are taking their rightful place in this church. Excellent men, they're doing an excellent job. But we can do better. Praise the Lord. We can do better. In our various departments, in various ministries, in our care cells, we can do better. We can function better. Any man that has not done disciple training, I urge you to go and do a disciple training. Any man that is not in a department, I urge you to enter the department and work for the Lord. God will give you the grace. He will give you the time. And you will surely be blessed for it. That's my challenge to you. Are you not right now fulfilling your rightful place in the kingdom of God? Where are you now today? In God's grand schemes of things. Where are you? Are you hiding? In conclusion, Isaiah 6 8, it says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, 
Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. That's what Isaiah said. Here I am, send me. So I started with a question. To conclude. Adam, where are you? And your answer should be, here I am. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's the, that's the answer. Here I am, Lord. Send me, use me to do your will. I'm man enough to say, here I am. That should be our answer. That should be our answer. Thank you. And if you are saying, here I am as a man, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. If as a man you're saying, here I am, I want you to stand up. And I want you to make a pledge to God. You're in the house of God. And it's this time for us to take one or two prayers, one or two prayer points. And I want to say, Father, here I am. Just lift up and just come to the Father and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, use me. Use me, Father Lord, for your kingdom purposes. Father Lord, forgive me where I've gone wrong, Father Lord, where I've not paid attention to your business, Father Lord. Lord, I will not hide anymore. Just lift up your voice and say, Father, I will not hide anymore, Father Lord. Lord, I will locate myself where you have planned me to locate me, where you have planned to locate me. Lord, I will fulfill my destiny. Believe me, some of your answers are tied to this prayer, are tied to a location. You are tied to you serving God. So just lift up your voice and say, Lord, as a man, I stand today, Father. The way you gave a referral to Abraham, that you will command your household to do justice, to do righteousness. Lord, I stand here, Father Lord. I make a commitment, Father Lord, that, Lord, I will make sure that my family lives in righteousness and justice. I will do the will of the Lord, Father. Just lift up your voices and say, Lord, where you are falling short, Lord, Lord, you will help him. Yes, some might be fatigued, but Lord, ask the Lord for strength. Some might be afraid, lack of confidence. Ask the Lord for grace to function in those departments. Just ask the Lord for grace. Ask the Lord for grace. Ask the Lord for grace to fulfill your destiny in his life. Thank you, Father Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Men, please, I would like you to sit down. And wives, please. I want you to, if your husband is next to you, stand up, please. And hold your husband's hands. Hold your husband's hands. Hold your husband's hands. Hold your husband's hand. Women, please, if your husband's not there to you, go and meet him. Hold his hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things is, a man will not fulfill his destiny if the woman does not help him. That's why God created a health meet. That's why you saw Deborah went to Barak, isn't it? In Proverbs 31, what does it say? The man shall sit at the gates of elders. That is a virtuous woman. Now, 
Women, you need to support your husband. You need to pray for them. And that's why I want you, I'm not going to ask you for your prayer point, but whatever you desire for your husband, just lift up your voice and say, Lord, I want this man to be great. Lord, I want this man that his latter years shall be greater than the former. Lord, I want you to lift him up. Father Lord, that he will sit with the elders at your gate. Father Lord, I pray for this man, man, Father Lord, Lord, that he will be righteous. You will live in justice, Father Lord. Lord, you will command our children in the right way. Commit his work of his hands into his hands, into his secular work, that Lord will lift him up, that he will have time to be the priest of the home. Women, please pray this prayer. It's very important because if it is well with your husband, it will also be well with you. Whatever you want for your husband, just ask the Lord to grant him now. Ask for wisdom to direct your family. Ask him for guidance to direct your family. Ask him for wisdom in every situation. Ask, pray for good health for him. You might be having health challenges. Ask that the Lord, the Lord will keep him in good health. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The sermon was just a challenge to us. It was just for us to look introspectively as men and to find out where the Lord is taking us. May you all be blessed in Jesus' name. Church, were you blessed by the word of God? If you were blessed, please, let's raise an applause to the Lord. Church, if you have raised an applause to the Lord, it means that you have heard the word of the Lord. And we started with a question with God asked, which is, Adam, where are you? The question is the same today. Church, where are you? Are you hearing that question? Because if you have applauded that you have heard the word of God, you better answer God when he asks, where are you? It's not a rhetorical question. It's a question that requires an answer. It's a question that only you and I can answer to our God. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 29 and 30. Ezekiel 22, 29 to 30. We usually read verse 30, but I want to start with 29. The people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them, who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. 
but I found no one. But I found no one. I sought for a man, but I found no one. Today, is God saying the same thing? Is God saying, I sought for a man. I seek for a man, but I find no one. Men, women, brothers, sisters, are you hiding from God? Are you hiding from God? That's the question you need to answer. You see, God needed an Adam to start the human race. God needed Noah to destroy a sinful people. God needed Moses to deliver his people. God needed Jonah to save a people group. God needed Jesus on earth to redeem his people. Today, God needs you and me. God needs you and me. It's time we went on our knees. It's time we said, God, forgive me, for I have hidden myself all these days, all these years. Talk to God right now. Surrender yourself to God. The time for hiding is over. A light is not lit and kept under a bushel. It is kept where it can be seen. You are expected to be the salt and the light. Let's be that light where people can see us and glorify God in heaven. Talk to God right now. Surrender yourself to God. Church, don't wait for your neighbor to talk to God. It's not about your neighbor. God did not say, where is your neighbor? God is asking, where are you? Talk to God right now. Church, just tell him, tell God that here I am. God, use me. There is still so much to be done. In today's world, you are the hands, the feet, the mouth for the Lord. And tell him that. God, use me. Ask God, God, why aren't you using me? Use me, God. I am here for you. I am here. My time is available. I am here. God has put gifts and talents in every one of us. Tell God, thank you for those gifts. Thank you for those talents. They have been hidden till now. Let them come out. It's time for those talents to come out. And God has told us what we need to do. Let's just say, thank you, God, that you've given me the answer. You've given me the solution. Take possession of your God-given authority. Don't abrogate it to somebody else. Don't abdicate, but just take possession of your God-given authority. Take a stand for God. Church, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord.
that you have asked that question again this day, Lord. Where are you hiding? And Father God, yes, many of us have been hiding. We have popped up time and again, but then we go back into hiding. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Be it our sin or our fear or our pride or the distractions of life or that lack of confidence, Lord. Father God, none of these should stand in my life, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us will commit ourselves into your hands, that you will take us and use us. Use us, Lord, in your kingdom. We just surrender ourselves into your hands. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for every talent, every gift that you have put into us, Lord. And we don't want it to remain hidden. Father God, today we place ourselves in front of you, Lord. At your feet, Lord Father. Use us. Thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us that what we are doing is not right, but we need to be there. We need to be there for you because you have given us a task, a responsibility that needs to be accomplished. Take not the anointing from us, Lord, and put it on somebody else. But Father God, with that anointing which you have given us, Father God, help us to move forward for you, Lord. Father, we surrender ourselves into your hands. We thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your servant whom you have used this day. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you have given him that he has brought across to us. We thank you, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that your anointing will be upon him the more, Lord. That you will bless him and his family, Lord Father. That you shall continue to speak to him and he shall minister unto us, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for every person you have used this day, Lord. Those from the men's, from the men's group, Lord Father. We thank you, Father God, for all the talents that you have put in the men. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that these are not talents that are going to come out once a year, Lord. But these are talents that are going to be there all the time, Lord Father, for you. Father, once again, we surrender ourselves into your hands and we commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to guide us, lead us, Lord Father. We put our hands in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.